Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, we come today to the end of the liturgical year. We come to the Feast of Christ the King. It's as though the Church, every year at the end of the liturgical cycle, wants to remind us that Jesus Christ is the Lord, that Jesus Christ is the King, Everything we've said about him, everything we've celebrated in connection with him is meant to conduce to this point, that we recognize him as the king of our lives, the one to whom absolute obedience and allegiance is due. Jesus Curios, Jesus Lord, Paul's form of the kerygma, we're reminded at the end of every liturgical year, that's what it's about. I've spoken before about the irony, the poetry, even the jest, which can be found at the heart of Christianity. Chesterton said that a jest comes from this juxtaposition of opposites. Incongruous things coming together make us laugh. So Christ the King is another expression of this sublime, sacred jest. Why? Well, this Lord, this King, This one who gets every ounce of our allegiance is someone who never had political office, never had a great academic degree, never wielded cultural influence, and who died at the age of 30 or so on a terrible instrument of torture. Christ is the king. The king is Christ. Bringing those two things together is the jest, the sublime incongruity upon which all of Christianity rests. You know, if we stress one side or the other, we're going to miss it. If all you say is king, well, then that can become overbearing. If all you say is Jesus, well, then he can become uninspiring. But when you say Jesus is the king, kingship belongs to Jesus. Now we have the saving message of the church. And, Christians, it's beautifully reflected in the readings for this week. Our second reading is one of my favorites. It's from Paul's letter to the Colossians. Our passage today is from chapter 1. It is, along with the prologue to John's Gospel, the strongest statement made about Jesus in the Bible. Strongest statement. The most sublime statement made about Jesus in the Bible. Listen now, as Paul speaks to this church. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. That's high praise, may I say. You want to know what God looks like? Look at him. God remains invisible, quite right. We can't see him. But you want to get some idea what he looks like? Look at Jesus. When someone prays before an icon in the Eastern tradition, The icon becomes a window to that figure. It's not just a pretty picture. It's meant to be a window to that 
truth behind it. You pray before an icon of the Blessed Mother, it's the Blessed Mother becoming present to you through that picture. Paul's saying here, Jesus is the icon of the invisible God. God himself is in your presence when you look at Jesus. But he goes on, listen. In him, everything in heaven and on earth was created, things visible and invisible. All were created through him. Huh, huh. He himself is not a creature. He himself is not one creature among many. But rather, he's the one through whom all creatures were made. To use John's language, he's the word, he's the logos, by which all things are ordered, determined, made. All things reflect him. All things embody his truth. He's the beginning of all reality. That's not all. In him, Paul continues, everything continues in being. He's before all things, and all things continue in him. He's the organizing principle of reality. When a scientist is examining the world, seeking intelligibility, seeking order, what he's seeing, Paul says, is Christ, is a reflection of this logos. That's not all. Paul goes on. All were created for him. He's the beginning. He's the middle. He's the end. All were created for him. The purpose of all of reality. I don't mean just this planet. I mean the solar system. I mean the galaxies. I mean the furthest reaches of the cosmos. All of that was created for him. He's the alpha, the omega, and every letter in between. And there's more. It pleased God to make absolute fullness reside in him. Just in case we miss the point, he adds that. Christians, if you say that Jesus is only one more religious figure among many, you're wrong. If you say he's one inspiring human being among many, you're wrong. If you say he's the greatest of the prophets, you're wrong. If you say he's one of many messengers sent by God, you're wrong. If you say he's the symbol of God, you're wrong. Jesus is himself God. As the creed says, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. Paul's language, it pleased God to make absolute fullness reside in him. He's the highest, the logos, the king, the word that governs all things, king of kings, lord of lords, God from God. Now, let's make a transition. Keeping all that in mind, not gainsaying it for a second, keeping all that clearly in your mind, who is he and what does he look like? Now, shift your attention. 
to a little garbage dump outside of Jerusalem around the year 30 in the first century. That's what Golgotha was, by the way. It was kind of a garbage dump where they crucified people, where they put criminals to death. And now, imagine the scene. There's this young man, about 30. He's pinned to this terrible instrument of torture, the cross. He's in his death agonies. There's a brutal band of soldiers around him who specialize in putting people to death this way. His followers have abandoned him. All those who had once been with him are gone. He's alone, stripped naked, pinned to this instrument of torture. And to make matters worse, as they walk by, they mock him. They point and laugh, and they make fun of him. Listen now as the gospel for today opens. The people stood there watching, and the leaders kept jeering at Jesus, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he's the Messiah. They made fun of him, the soldiers did, coming forward with their sour wine. The people shook their heads. Alone, abandoned, forgotten, dying, this pathetic figure. And he's the one that Paul is talking about. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the King of Kings. He's the one in whom all things hold together. He's the beginning, the middle, and the end of all reality. He is God from God, light from light, true God from true God. He's the icon of the invisible God. You want to know what the ultimate principle of reality looks like? You look at him. <laughs> you see what I mean about the almost joking, jesting quality of Christianity? What a religion we have. What a strange religion we have. And that is the drama and the poetry and the beauty and the wonder of this feast. Now, what does it mean to say that this one is the king? It means that our notion of kingship is sadly mistaken. What we take to be power, what we take to be majesty, what we take to be lordship has very little to do with the real things. Friends, here's now a giveaway. Let's go back to the things that they say to Jesus on the cross. This helps to see, I think, where we get things right and wrong. Listen now. The leaders kept jeering at Jesus, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he's the Messiah. The soldiers, making fun of him, came forward and said, If you're king of the Jews, save yourself. And then it says, The thief next to him blasphemed him and said, Aren't you the Messiah? Then save yourself. There's the key. There's the clue. What do we think kingship means? Power, authority, domination. What does that mean? It means the capacity to save yourself. If you have enough money, you're Donald Trump, you're, you're, you're a, a multi-billionaire. 
Oh, heck, you can save yourself from most of the inconveniences of life. You've got enough political power, enough political clout, you can save yourself. You have enough cultural influence, you can save yourself from embarrassment, save yourself from humiliation, save yourself from being forgotten. To be king means to be able to protect yourself. The irony is, the true king, Christ the king, is not the one that saves himself, but the one who forgets himself in love. Not the one who aggrandizes his ego, but the one who gives it away. Not the one who fills himself up, but the one who empties himself out. And Christians, that is the icon of the invisible God. You want to know what the power that makes the universe is like. You want to know the Alpha and the Omega and everything in between. You want to know what this power is which holds all things together. It is the power of self-emptying love. Huh. Huh. It's not what we expected. That's not what the world tells us in a million ways over and over again. You want power in your life? Stop trying to save yourself. Save somebody else. You want power? Stop trying to fill up your life in a self-protective way. Reach out love and protect somebody else. You want to live in the power that makes the whole universe. Perform the simplest act of love. In that, you become a loyal subject of Christ the King. And then you discover the secret to power. God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.